look at them. Look at your sisters. Armed and ready. You're not looking. I don't need to. One of them. That's all I need. If just one of your pretty little army beckons me in, I will tear your world to pieces, and I will drink my fill. Why would they invite you in? What do you have to offer? Eternal life. Well, they have that already. Thanks. Starting tonight, because the first one to invite me in stays at my side. The others I will tear apart, and ladies, I will take my time. One should never rush a nun. Your words are not welcome here. Well, if you find you're not tempted by my offer, ask yourself this. Who is? You're listening to the Buzzkill Podcast. Episode 210, welcome back to the Buzz to Kill Podcast, where today we're nursing our Halloween hangovers with more beers, more monsters, and the same amount of Vin Diesel in... <laughs> <laughs> two modern, two monsters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wrote. And, and by the same amount of Vin Diesel, I mean zero. Yeah. Zero. Unless he's one of the monsters. Exactly zero. Um, Vin Diesel could totally play a monster in one of these movies. He's got the voice. Just saying. He's got the voice of a monster. <laughs> which one Which one would he play? Um, uh, who's, a, who's a big hulking guy? Creature? Vin Diesel is the creature from the Black Lagoon? Oh, it, like in the in the third creature from the Black yeah, yeah, Lagoon yeah. movie? When he's all jacked for some oh, reason? Oh, yeah. Creature from, the, creature from the Jacked Lagoon. <laughs> What's going on, guys? I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And uh, like we said, it's our Halloween hangover. Yeah, bud. And, and, and kudos to us. We actually did it this year. Last year, we said we were going to, and we ended up taking that week off. Are you hungover? Um, I was not, actually. Oh, see, we're not. liars. False advertisement. I know, I know. We actually didn't really get terribly drunk last night. Sort of we did. I mean, kind of, but not like, <laughs> not like terribly drunk, not like Halloween party drunk. No, no. Which is kind of a it, it's kind of a bummer. You know, we still need to take that that photo. We do a traditional photo every year where we're all piled in a bed, oh, yeah. wearing costumes. It's it's one hundred percent as sexual as you think. Not that just it is. me and Mike. I mean, we <laughs> we do do that also. But uh, we we didn't get that photo this year. Aaron said that we should all take a photo of each of us in our own bed, and then we can just smash them together. I'm into that. You know what I mean? I got them Photoshop wizardry skills. Or you can come over and get in our bed. I'm into that too. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty normal Friday night anyway. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but uh, anyway, hey, Halloween was fun. Yeah, it was cool. It was a little bit weird. You know, we, we took a walk last night, a little romantic stroll down to the corner to grab some more beers. Of course. And, um, you know, we were, we were talking and it's like, it's a weird year. I think that you had probably five or six groups of people come to the house and that was about it. It was really sparse. Yeah, there was super sparse. Yeah, there wasn't a lot. I, not a lot of people come to my street anyway because it's such a busy main street, but uh we took a walk back in our subdivision with the kids. We weren't doing like heavy trick or treating. If anybody had uh like prepackaged little snack bags sure. of candy out on a table, we were taking them, but we weren't having the kids go up to the doors or anything. Just 
you know, for safety's sake this sure. year. Plus, neither we had a bunch of candy at, at our house, mm-hmm. and neither one of my kids really cares that much about trick-or-treating to where it was like a big deal that they couldn't walk up to each of the houses. Yeah, yeah. They just like to walk around they, and see the yeah, costumes. Yeah, they just walked around they, in their costumes, and then they knew that there was a bunch of candy waiting for them at home, sure. so who cares, right? Exactly. <clears throat> But there was a there was a lot of people out. I was kind of surprised, and in big groups, which was also sort of surprising. Yeah, well, we were just talking about this off air. You know, <clears throat> people are at that point, and it's funny because the cases in Michigan are going up. Like the the uh, you know that woman from Michigan is threatening a shutdown again. Which, not, not not I don't mean to make that sound bad, but but we're at that point again where she's going to do what she feels like she has to do to to stop people because. Um, we're getting to the point once again where people ha- are just deciding that it's over because they're sick of it, and yeah. it's like that's not the way this works. Yeah, it's not going to get better <clears throat> if if that's you know the attitude that people have. Yeah, and um, so yeah, it's just weird though. But yeah, going out or whatever, like I'll I'll be damned if my kid. Like, there's so many people that I saw online. There's like my kids have sacrificed enough. They're gonna have their trick or treat. What the fuck have they sacrificed? Yeah, it's no, like, I'm serious. Well, like I, your your kids your kids' lives outside of the online learning. But if they're young enough, they're probably having fun with it. Uh, a lot of them. No, I disagree. Uh, the, like the socialization factor for young kids is well, yes, is, I agree with that. Is very important, and like kids not getting socialized properly. Granted, it's only it's only been you know it's been six months, but that can mean a lot for a kid who's you know like my daughter was supposed to start kindergarten this year, and now she goes half a day, one day out of the week. But come November 30th, she's going every day, all day, which is weird because cases are starting sure. to ramp up. So it'll it's be really shut bizarre. down. It'll be shut down in a couple Probably. Of weeks. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bizarre time. Yeah. It's, um, I just don't I think, think that it's... But I've heard about, like, luckily the transition has been pretty easy for my kids. Like, they, they took it all in stride. But sure. I've, That's what I'm I know, saying. I, think I know a lot other, of kids do, though. I know Kids other, are resilient. I know other parents where it's been just an absolute nightmare. Like, yeah. their kids ball every single night because they just can't, like, they... Like some kids can't focus on, you know, on there's there's kids in my in my daughter's online classes where mm-hmm. the teacher just has to constantly be like, OK, you need to come back to the computer and sit down and blah, sure, blah, blah. Sure. like the kids just can't they can't handle it. You know, it's yeah. But like I say, kids are resilient, though, you know, and this is, <laughs> this, the thing is, this is not going to last forever. You know, it'll it'll I don't know. I just think that if we if the people don't just start doing what they're supposed to do, it's never it's. Then it's never going to end, you know? Listen, dick, I want to sit in a restaurant and I want to breathe on the person next to me if I want to. I mean, that's cool. You you can do that. Because I'm free. <laughs> I'm free to do so. I want to breathe and shoot my guns. Well, I do like guns. Don't don't start with the guns. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, those are two different issues, man. Uh, I... I, I I I will not breathe on somebody sitting next to me right now, but I will shoot them. That's fair. You know? That's totally fair. You know, it's my constitutional right. It's covered in the second second amendment. I'm allowed to shoot you if I want. There was I I thought I was gonna get shot a couple days ago. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I was sitting at a red light. I was sitting at a red light and uh um I was about four cars back and then in the left hand turn lane the first guy in line in the left-hand turn lane was even with me. So he was sitting like four car lengths away from the okay. the light. And so I looked over at him, 
just kind of wondering what he was doing, like why he was, and I could see he had, he had, his windows were kind of tinted, but I could tell he was like on his phone or something. So I was like, oh, he's just not paying attention. So that was, that was it. That was all of it. <laughs> and then, so, well, so no, no, really no, 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 that was job. all, that was my, that was all I did. Like I looked over at him oh, okay. once and then after that I looked past him like i i was looking at the uh like past him at uh at, at something going on in the parking lot but i think he thought that i was looking at him again uh-huh. and then i turn back to look at the light that i was in front of and all of a sudden i can see out of the corner of my eye his window come down and i i look out of the corner of my eye he's just fucking screaming at me i'm Jeez. like what, what? what? yes because i looked in his direction twice i was like how dare you how dare you <laughs> i was i was like this is, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm four cars away from the, I'm I'm sitting four cars away and I was pinned in. I'm like, what if this guy gets out of his car? I got my kids in the car with me. Mm-hmm. Bad news, man. Kick him in the nuts. That's what you do. Yeah. Before he can shoot you. Just. Yeah. Or are you. <laughs> Square shot. Or I use that old second amendment I was just talking about. <laughs> like you carry a gun. Carry. You do I, have like I, 17 I, knives on you at all times. I, so. carry, I carry two of them, bud. <laughs> Call him, call him fucking law mm, and order. <laughs> Jesus. Speaking of, actually, it's funny that you say that story because I could have potentially maybe gotten a very similar situation. So this is a weird, weird thing that I saw today. I was heading out to actually buy the beer for tonight. And uh, there's a guy down at the corner. Uh, we live on uh, 14 Mile Road, right? And so down at... You're giving the- away our location, nah, man. Nah. You know the psychos that listen to this this show. I live at the cross between uh, 14 Mile Road and uh, 23 Mile Road. O'Connor, right, right at the right at the joint. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, though, so I'm tomorrow. I'm, you're gonna hear about a murder <laughs> at 14 and 20. That's the wait. Did you say 14 and 23? Oh, it's so it's impossible. It's a, literally impossible. It's an impossible yeah. road. Okay, catch up here, James. Go ahead. Um, so I'm down at the corner, um, turning into where our mire is, and there's two people standing on the corner in front of the mire, just waving these giant Trump flags, yelling at all the passerby cars, right? And I'm staring Seems at, reasonable. And I'm staring at me. I'm like, oh, these fucking psychos. I'm so happy. <laughs> like, I'm so happy that in two days, at least the election part of it's going to be over. I mean, don't get me wrong. Version 2.0 is going to be starting after the election. Sure. But at least all the campaigning will be done with and all that. And Because you get these fucking psychos. I don't I, I don't just, understand what they think they're doing. I just want to stop getting text messages oh, that I have to reply well, stop so to. This one guy, so this one guy is out there, and uh, he was a black gentleman, and he's wearing a shirt that says <clears throat> Black Babies Matter. Sure. Seems Seems perfectly fine, yeah, right? Totally. But then he's also waving a Trump flag. Okay. And I'm thinking to myself, I think you're confused, dude. Like, I kind of think you're confused. But then also, isn't, like, by saying that shirt, because obviously it's like a pro, uh, pro-life pro shirt, isn't, like, saying... Oh. Isn't, like, saying... Having having that slogan okay, on that, that shirt, that, isn't that kind of, that, like, that counterproductive went, that went over, to... That went over my head Oh, okay. at first. But isn't, like, I was having, just connecting it with Black Lives Matter. Like, but isn't having that slogan, though, kind of, like, a counter thing to the Black Lives Matter movement? Um, sort of because they're completely against the whole sl- Trump everything. That like particular it, slogan on that shirt. Yeah, it's it's it seemed very strange to me. Like it was like I don't I don't understand. I guess what you're trying to I, say. I think that <laughs> I think that it was completely separate from the, like the the Black Lives Matter slogan. I think, he but was, they were using. I that, think though. yeah. I think I think the shirt was appropriating the 
the sentence yes. and turning it into a pro-life kind of thing. Which is then turning it into sort of a pro-Trump <laughs> kind of thing, which completely it runs opposite to the original Black Lives Matter thing. So it's like, I thought that it was very strange. It's like, a lot it was of, like, it's a lot of, lot of clashing. Gotta, gotta follow, gotta follow. <laughs> a lot of clashing ideas, here. yeah. So, so I'm, I'm watching this. I'm like, I think these guys are just super confused. Like, I'm just, I just don't understand what I'm supposed to get out of this, right? So I'm pulling out of the mire afterwards, and I see that they're still there as I'm coming home. And so I quickly go to YouTube to see if I can find something. And sure as shit, I get stopped at the light again. I roll down all of my windows and turn my radio up as loud as I possibly can. And somebody had made a remix song. That was just grab her by the pussy, grab her by the pussy. And I blasted it out my windows right next to these people (laughs) waving the Trump flags. Dumbass. I thought about it afterwards. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm probably inviting something. I try try not to invite confrontation. Apparently, just looking in someone's general direction is inviting confrontation these days. But did uh, you possibly give like give him an eye that said, "I'm going to grab you by the pussy"? Because perhaps, perhaps that was it. I might. Yeah, he might have. He might have saw my big old hands and was worried about it. <laughs> Speaking of big old hands, hey, one of the movies we watched today yeah. or last night rather, shit, dog. The but, guy's the guy's nickname in real life is literally Big Hands. Is it really? Yeah. Oh wow. You know who he is, right? I do not know who he is. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get later. it. We'll get all up in it. Yeah. But before we do, yeah. let's uh, let's get all up in some corrections, James. Let's get all up in it. Well, that is horrifying. Wow. <laughs> you know that beautiful sound means that we were fucking flawless last week. Flawless. Um, actually, I only made it through probably about half the episode. So if there was anything in the uh, back half, uh, you know what? Deal with it. I made it up to the point where you introduced yourself, and then I was like, no. Oh, wow. Can't Thanks. do it. Thanks. Just can't. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> this asshole's on it again. Nope. All right. Uh, well, uh, if there's no corrections... Let's jump into what we're talking about this week. What so, are we talking about, James? Uh, two modern, two monsters. It's 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 a more moderner and more monster episode than it was last <laughs> week. We had a we had a lot of ground to cover this week. Uh yeah. We had uh, four and a half. We had about six hours worth six of six hours worth of movies to watch because you know we do two movies, but this week we decided to watch um the Netflix. Well, it's it's actually BBC, right? Is it BBC? What? Hello, talking to you. Hi, yeah, what? It, it aired on BBC yes. first, right? Yes. So the BBC, uh, which transferred over to Netflix Dracula miniseries, so that was um, three one-and-a-half-hour installments, so that was about four-and-a-half hours worth of watching. And then we also watched another movie called Where, or Where, <laughs> depending on where you're from. Uh, it's and it's a werewolf movie. So as you know, for uh, like Sorry, last get some glasses. last week we did our first modern monsters episode, which were two modern takes on uh, the Invisible Man, which mm-hmm. was the Invisible Man, and the other one was uh, Depraved, which was a take on Frankenstein. 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 Uh, so this week we did Were, which is a, a take on a modern take on the werewolf. Werewolf. And. Uh, Draculia, which is obviously a uh, it's, it's 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 the first two episodes are period pieces. You know they take place in sure, the sure. in in the. Uh, but it is definitely what would it, what would it have been? It would have been the eighteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. It, it definitely was a retelling though of the story though because they oh, changed sure. they changed a lot. So even though even though it did take place um, in the eighteen hundreds still and it was a period piece, the the it was still modernized quite a bit. 
Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think it definitely <clears throat> falls into it. And um, yeah, like, like you said, three different episodes at an hour and a half a piece uh, made for a lot of Dracul to watch. And I just started watching them last night <laughs> at you did. midnight. You did. <laughs> so I managed to make it through four and a half hours worth of watching before we started. I'm actually surprised that you made it through them all. I thought you were going to call me tonight and just be like, listen, because we're recording, <laughs> listen, out, we're recording on a Sunday again, so this is going to get posted pretty late tonight. But yeah. uh, I'm surprised that you didn't call me and say, listen, we got to push this back. No, ma'am. <laughs> well, because I watched... <laughs> so I watched the first one with you last night, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then I, I, after you left, I started to think like... How did that end? And then I realized I did that same thing with Psycho Pike, where I was looking at the TV but oh, not God. actually taking it. So what I did was I found out Netflix. I don't know when they added this feature, but I love it. Netflix added the feature where you can speed back, speed up the playback. So I watched the last half hour of it at one and a half times speed, and it only took me, you know, like eighteen minutes or something like nice. that. So I caught back up. I watched that, and then today I uh, I watched the other two episodes in like thirty minute in- increments here and there because mm-hmm. we had just sort of a lazy Sunday hanging out. Uh, I did put up. <clears throat> I did put up a. Don't say it. I did put don't, up. Don't you say it. I did put up a an a fake. Ever a, you put a, up your goddamn Christmas tree? I put tree. up. Just a, say it, James. I put up a fake evergreen tree. <laughs> And I did put some lights on it just uh, to add some ambiance to our living room. I hate you. No, li- hate it's you. not a Christmas tree, dude. It's a Christmas tree, James. Fine, it's a Christmas tree. It's a Christmas tree. tree. <laughs> but no, hold on. But you, last night, when you said, because we were sitting in my living room, and I have a, a gas fireplace, and Mike goes, in all the years that I've known you, and, and, and you guys have been in this house, I don't think I've ever seen you light that fireplace, which mm-hmm. we do. We do quite often, because it's lovely. Uh so we set the so mood. we set the mood. We, we we turned the fireplace on, and then you said, "I kind of understand why you want to put the tree up now, because it, no, I said no, no, nah, no, you did. I did not. Yes, you. I was did. drunk, James. Okay, well, in vino veritas, my friend, in biro veritas. Uh, because I don't know. any 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 Christmas tree that goes up sooner than uh, the day after Thanksgiving is way too soon. Why Sorry. is why is a tree with lights on it uh, a Christmas tree though? Because you're disrespecting the plate. Why is it? And wh- and and I just I don't. Appreciate why is it. a why is a tree with lights on it a Christmas tree? Because that's what it is. That's by, not. That's what a Christmas tree is by definition. No, <laughs> it's, an, it's an evergreen with lights. There's on it. no ornaments on it. There's no gifts underneath of it. It's it's literally just and listen, dude. You know how dark my living room is. I like the extra couple months with extra light in the living room. Okay. It's lovely, and I'm not going to apologize for it because it sets this ambiance that is just so comforting. And you can fuck off. That's and we fine. have snow on the ground, Mike. Yeah, we do. We have snow yeah, on the ground right now. Actually, it's almost gone already. <laughs> It, we had snow on the ground when I walked over here, and I feel like it's completely 100%. And that's, I, come on, dude. Like, with how fucked up this year has been? Yeah. Sorry. I put up a tree. So, go to hell. All right. Anyway, so. <laughs> I got nothing. Those are the movies we're talking about. And to go along with that, Michael picked just a. We got to, I figured we got to, we got to drink with, uh, you know, Dracula is a, is a. Is a is a fine purveyor of the of the red liquids, sort of a connoisseur, a connoisseur, if you will, and uh, I figured we can do the same. So I grabbed this uh, 
uh, this is a uh, this is a twenty a twenty twenty vintage Schufferhofer 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 Hefeweizen Hefeweizen pomegranate beer. Yes, it's an unfiltered Hefeweizen beer with pomegranate juice, and it is literally red as blood. She's blood red. Yeah, it's so we're we're <clears throat> drinking some blood with Dracula tonight. All right, so here we go. Um, am I doing this with a German accent? Uh, absolutely. I just uh. Um, Hafa pomegranate is the unique combination of sparkling, smooth Schafferhafer Hefeweizen with pomegranate juice. Delicious, exotic notes of pomegranate meet the crisp, smooth taste of Hefeweizen for a uniquely refreshing beer. For the for the best taste, enjoy ice cold and straight from the bottle. You know this actually straight works. from the bottle, Mike. This works because Sister Agatha was German as well. Is she German? Is she... That accent was pretty German, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Where'd they say she... Yeah, she's... they said she was uh, Bavarian. Is that... Um... Yeah, Bavarian's German. Bavarian yeah. is German, yeah. Yeah. So you get your... Uh, you get your nice little... Um... <laughs> you get your nice little strudel and your... What are those... Fucking... What are those things they, they wear? The lederhosen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do mine straight from the bottle because they said to. Yeah, I... Don't actually don't know why. I think I just wanted it to be. It's actually less red in the glass. You fucked it's it. More, I did fuck it up. You fucked it, bud. Whatever. My next one. <laughs> Cheers. It is imported from Germany. That's delicious. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is delicious. That is. So I never actually until that is, that is making me have a moist, moist meow meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Flora. Um, no, up until a couple of years ago, I don't think that I'd ever eaten a pomegranate. Pomegranate before. Oh, really? Like a real pomegranate. Yeah. Um, I think I got one actually because I saw you eating one one day. Mm. And they're delicious. And the thing about a pomegranate is when you slice into it, it literally looks like you're slicing into like a human organ because it just yeah. bleeds everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it stains your clothes and your fingers. And you try to tell people you didn't kill somebody, but no one believes you. So <clears throat> listen, when you're in a pinch, perfect. when you're in a pinch and you can't get the real thing, you just go for a pomegranate. It's and true. it gives you that. It gives you the feeling of biting into a human heart <laughs> without actually having to, you know, harvest the human it's heart. Very similar. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I can see why some people because the jewels have that. Every single little jewel has that little pit inside. Uh-huh. And when you're like chewing on thirty-five of them all at the same time, you kind of, you kind of end up with like a. It's almost like the seeds of a, of um. Like when you when you eat um, sunflower seeds with the seeds, the shell still on. I wouldn't know because I can't do that. Yeah, I know. Well, no, some people just pop them in and chew the whole thing up, which oh, is really? That's ridiculous. Weird. Yeah. I I think See, people I like do that, that with peanuts though. Yeah, you eat, eat a whole the, peanut. Huh? I eat the shells of peanuts. Not all the it's, time. They're too fibrous. Not all the time, but sometimes. I've done it. Before, the heavily salted just, ones though are so good. That's so uh, that's so bad for you. I don't. It's just fiber. I just mean all that salt. <laughs> Oh well, oh, oh that's salt, bro. We gotta watch our blood pressure these days, especially me. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, anyway, that's what we're drinking. That's what we're talking about. Let's get into the bleed feed. The bleed feed. <laughs> All right, James. Yes, sir. Uh, we do got to start off with uh, a bummer amongst bummers. Yeah, she's a doozy. Um, <clears throat> at 90 years of age, Mr. Sean Connery has left this planet. It's a hell of a run. 
Hell of a run. You almost can't even be mad at it. 90 years is nothing to shake a stick at. Yep. Again, I don't know why you yeah. shake sticks at things. Yeah. It's so weird to me. I'm just going to start doing it just so that it makes sense. Okay, I appreciate just that. Shaking, things at things, shaking sticks at things I don't like. Uh, Sean Connery, Sir Sean Connery, uh, had a legendary career uh, spanning decades upon decades upon decades. Um, he will probably always be most notably known for uh, basically inventing the role of James Bond. Because he was the first, wasn't he? No, I think that was Roger Moore. I don't think so. Was it Sean Connery? I think Sean Connery was first. Hmm. Look it up. I'm not like a huge, uh, huge into the uh, 007 films. I actually, um, it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> I actually have never seen a single one. <laughs> no, I, I'm a bit embarrassed to say that my first 007 film ever was Goldeneye. I never really oh, watched really? any of them before then. Yeah, I've watched a few of them since, but I still am not an expert whatsoever in uh, 007 movies. Oh, you're right. Sean Connery. Okay. Doctor, so I guess, Doctor I, No. I guess I do know something. <laughs> um, anyway, though, he, uh, he passed away. He was living in the Bahamas, apparently. Uh, what a good place to go. Right? Yeah, it's not bad. Beautiful. Probably cut off from a lot of... I don't know how COVID is affecting the Bahamas, but maybe he like left living somewhat of a normal life down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm sure. But, uh, have you ever been to the Bahamas? I have not, no. It's lovely. Lovely. Uh, I, you know, I will always remember him uh, as... Uh, are from the rock mm. like i think that's one of my favorite performances by him mm-hmm. um you know i when i when i found out that he had passed away earlier this week I, I eulogized him by saying the man the man was a winner like he won at life right mm-hmm. and you know that because he fucked the prom queen <laughs> i feel like you i feel like you when you told me that yesterday it was more eloquent it maybe, probably was maybe i was drunk <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you probably were um I think, though, my my favorite role of his, though, has to be a role that he's actually uncredited for. What's that? Uh, and that is when he shows up at the end of Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, mm. as King Richard, and he just comes out of nowhere. And here's this this elegant motherfucker riding in on horseback. He's credited for that, no, isn't he? I don't believe so. It's on his IMDb. It's on his IMDb. Well, yeah, but I don't believe he's credited for it, though. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, I I don't know why I always remember that. I love Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. It's one of my favorite Costner movies. Yeah, it's great. And um, I always remember, like, Sean fucking Connery. He's a huge actor. just shows up for two minutes at the end of the movie. It was bizarre to me. Literally huge. He's 6'2". Yeah. I never realized he was that tall. He's He's a... He's a big boy. He's a big man, that's for sure. Big old boy. His nickname so, was Big Tam. I have no idea what that means, but... That's weird. Um, anyway, though, rest in peace, Sir Sean Connery. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, okay, let's see here. The upcoming second season of Creep Show is well underway, and this week we got some more casting news. Uh, so this is cool. Um, you know, with the uh, with season one doing so well, kind of seems like, you know, if you get offered this now, people are going to jump with the opportunity. Sure. Because uh, we've got some new casting news here in the form of uh, Miss Barbara Crampton is going to oh, be in it. Babs? Allie Larder. Uh, Ryan Quanton. Man, hold on. How good does Barbara Crampton still look? Dude. She's a babe. Dude. Good Lord. Yeah. Like almost, like, does she, I think, does like she have even like a, more of a babe. Does she have like a bathroom thing going on where she like bathes in the <clears throat> blood of like babies or something like that? I've heard that, yeah. I think she might. Virgins. Virgin, virgin babies. <laughs> like that, that would be all, hopefully all babies. <laughs> hopefully all babies. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Uh. Um, anyway, though, uh, yeah, Ali Larder, Ryan Quanton, Brecken Meyer, Ted Ramey, Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Kevin Dillon, bro. Cool, man. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of others, though. So the uh, second season of Creep Show is shaping up to look pretty damn awesome. Pretty good. And um, by the way, the animated Creep Show 
uh, series just debuted on uh, on Shutter. Uh-huh. So I get to watch it, but I'm very excited to get to it. Um, let's see here, John Carpenter's back, baby. Yeah. For in what? The, in the music scene, that is. Oh, well. uh, it was announced this week that the long-awaited Lost Themes 3 Noise. will officially be released on September 5th, 2021. Uh, they released a new single that is just fucking dope as hell. Of course. Uh, and um, yeah, if you're anything like me and you're like a vinyl person, it's up for pre-order right now literally everywhere. Hmm. Like every small little shop, it seems like, has their own... Um, specialty version of it so if you're into that kind of stuff though uh definitely get out there and pre-order it because because it's awesome and you should and uh it's good it's good shit james yeah quit being a dum-dum yeah don't sleep on the carpenter bro don't do it it's called lost themes alive after death and uh, like i said that is for pre-order so jump on it um okay marvel is kind of killing the game right in terms of comic book movies and whatnot, series yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, even in the midst of getting uh, like movies and TV shows and all that for characters you never in a million years thought you'd ever see, mm-hmm. there was still one that I really thought that I would never see. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is a character called Moon Knight. Moon Knight. And I don't know if you're familiar with Moon Knight or not, but like he always bit. struck me as a cross, like a really dark version of Batman and Spawn. Like, it was, like, Marvel's version of those, like, sort of two characters. Mm-hmm. And I always fucking loved it. It was, like, super dark, super edgy, and everything else. Um, and it turns out we are getting the Marvel treatment for Moon Knight now uh, in the form of a TV series. And even better than that, Oscar Isaacs is in talks to play the, the lead character. There's no S at the end of his name. Um, Oscar Isaac. Oh, yeah, you're right. I wrote that, <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down wrong. Um, but, but what makes it even better, James, is that a guy named Jeremy Slater is show running it. Uh-huh. Jeremy Slater did that really amazing Exorcist series that I loved so much. Mm. So, like, this is just all good all around. Yeah. And I am beyond excited to see this. What, Who knows uh, when it'll actually happen, but... What platform is this for? Or what, uh, not platform, but what uh, service is this for? That'll be Disney Plus, I'm Disney sure. Because that's where all these Marvel shows end up. Oh, um, Dog Marvel, yeah, of yeah. course. Yep. Also, <laughs> I heard rumors that apparently Keanu Reeves is up to play the role of Ghost Rider. Whoa. 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 He's a babe. He's a babe. <laughs> um, but apparently he's up for that role. Which Ghost Rider? Yeah, which I'm totally in for. Yeah, man. Because he's badass and he rides motorcycles already, so it's kind of perfect. Totally. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Speaking of TV shows, uh, there's a couple more being developed at the moment. Uh, Ginger Snaps. Oh, you know, we watched uh, Ginger Snaps a little while back. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Thought it was great. Of course. Uh, it looks to be getting the small screen uh, small screen treatment with the original director and co-creator John Fawcett producing. So that's pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, let's see here. Netflix is very well known for producing some of the best series in the game right now, right? Uh, and now you can add another fan favorite adaptation to the list because it was announced this week that Netflix is making an Assassin's Creed TV series. Oh. Which I know is right up your alley. Color me interested. <laughs> I never played the games. Like, which is weird. I love the Assassin's Creed they're games. The kind of games that I love. I just never. I fell off never at. Uh, the hell is Black it? Black Flag. Did you ever play that one? No, I fell off at the one right before Black Flag. The one where you're uh, the Native American kid. Uh, well, it's funny because uh, Black Flag is technically the fourth game in the series. However, I'm pretty sure there was 12 games before that. 
because they always did those side stories that connected with not the even, main characters. Not even side story. It was weird because it was Assassin's Creed one and then two, and then it was like uh, I can't There's remember, but like I Brotherhood think. and yeah, Unity, and then there was. Yeah, there was. I'm a, sure we're saying the wrong titles, but there was like I, I, tons yeah, of them. Yeah, and, and then that. three can't like Assassin's Creed three, which I think is the one that I'm talking about that I'm I fell off at. Okay, um, that's actually like the fifth or sixth installment. Yeah, you know, so it's yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird <clears throat> series to try to to keep up on. But yeah, I, I, I love those I, games though. They're so cool. Yeah, I think that I like by the time I was interested in them, they were already like five or six games in, and I'm like, yeah. because I'm me, I have to start at the beginning. Yeah. And it's kind of like with Game of Thrones, I just don't have that kind of time yeah. to go back from the beginning and play through them all to get the full story. Like I just, just don't you, have time. So, so you're saying you're never gonna watch Game of Thrones? Uh until I have like seventy hours of of time to put into it probably not anytime soon just watch sorry just watch one episode per week the way I normal tv shows happen it's gonna take a long time to watch it though just do it okay um okay anyway though uh yeah netflix doing assassin's creed that is very very cool uh also uh hbo's hellraiser series is moving right along with david gordon green directing the pilot in several episodes Mike Doherty is writing it alongside Mark Verheiden, who did Battlestar Galactica. Um, ew. Ew. <laughs> ew. There's some, some, some spittle. Some gnarly sediment <laughs> at the bottom of this. Um, and now it is being reported that none other than Clive Barker himself is boarding Hellraiser TV series train, which is very exciting because this will be the absolute <laughs> first time that he's had anything to do with Hellraiser since 1996. With Hellraiser Bloodline. Really? Yeah. Wow. So first time that he'll have his hands back into that universe. That's very exciting. It's a big get for them to have his name attached to it. Would have been so much better if you would have said first time he'll have his hooks back in the... Ah! Uh, uh, I know, Because of the thing where... I need, you, I need you to write my material for me. Yeah. Games. Yep. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Um, no, seriously, guys. This show is unscripted. <laughs> <laughs> what if this actually was a scripted show and we were we, just that bad at writing or we were just that good at making it sound unscripted oh even this is scripted totally isn't that crazy yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) pause for dramatic effect two three four (laughs) insert dick joke oh (laughs) i wasn't supposed to read that part um okay uh as jordan peele continues to uh pile drive his way through the horror horror world god i cannot talk tonight insert dick joke You didn't Through say the, pile drive. <laughs> I did. I did. It's true. Um, you know, he's he's just killing the game ever since Get Out came out. Like he's just been like it's. It seems like his his hooks are in everything. It doesn't work there, does it? it doesn't. Damn it. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, it appears that uh, one of his next projects is gonna. He's that. Oh my god. You're fine. Just keep going. Fight through it. <sighs> Fight through the pain. One of his next projects is going to be a remake. And he's producing this, not directing it, but he's producing a remake of Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. I like that. It's interesting. I love The People Under the Stairs. I it's... don't know that it needs to be remade. <clears throat> Probably not, but... But it's Jordan Peele, and yeah. I have all the faith in the world that he's going to do something good with it. Yeah. So... Has, he, has he done anything bad yet? No. No? No. No. Key and Peele saw... Oh, no. Key and Peele was awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say, yep, where, nope. are you, where, where are you going with this? <laughs> uh, moving on here, Patrick Wilson, who starred in the Insidious series over the years, mm-hmm. um, he's going to be returning not to the franchise, not only in character, but he will be directing the next movie and fifth installment of the series. Oh, they're already up to five on the Insidious series. 
We should probably get caught up on Probably those. should. I've only ever seen the first one. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah. Weird. I think. No, I think I've seen the second one, too. <clears throat> but point is, way behind. That and the whole Wanniverse stuff, oh, like, I'm so behind yeah. on all of that. Yeah. Um, conjuring. Is it, there's more than one Conjuring, right? Uh, the third Conjuring is coming out yeah. next year. The Annabelle movie. I haven't seen the Annabelle movies. I haven't seen the Nun or yep. Valak or... Wait, there was... Oh, God, I'm, I'm terrible at this. I'm just going to stop talking. But, uh, yeah, I got to get caught. And it's funny, for as much as we like James Wan, mm-hmm. we're so behind on Well, I've mentioned on I've, his movies. I've mentioned before, it's one of the drawbacks to doing the show every week is that we have movies we have to watch. Mm-hmm. So it's good because we get to watch movies, right? And stuff we've never seen before and the whole deal. But we don't always get the time to watch the stuff that we want to watch. Yeah. So kind of a drawback, but, hey, who's complaining? Us. Oh. <laughs> okay. We um are. what's uh what's new on blue there, James? Nerfin. Oh, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's really I I went through and even with the extra two days that we had, because we usually record on Friday, there's nothing. Hmm. Um there was some details about the um uh, um what is it, Night of the Living Dead set that's coming out. Yep. Some details on that, but other than that, it was nothing. Oh. And, I, and I don't want to bore you with the details. All right, we'll so, dump them. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see here. To wrap up the news here, um, if you ever found yourself searching for the perfect gift for that child in your life, whether it be your son or daughter, whether it be a friend's son or daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Books. Books are always a good thing. Books are cool. Books are really awesome. Books are good. Well, hey, David Gordon Green has you covered okay. because he's written a children book called The Legacy of Halloween that is based on the original Carpenter Hill script oh. from the 70s. Okay, cool. It, it kind of looks awesome, not going to lie. You're going to buy it for my kids or? I probably should, actually. Uh, one of them's got a birthday coming up. It's true. Do I care about that one, though? <sighs> Which one is it? Jeez. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Um, anyway, though, I just think that's kind of funny. Like, it's it's what better way to introduce your your little ones to uh, to horror, right? I just I just, I threw them in the deep end, man. I I made them sit down and watch Baskin yesterday. <laughs> nice. What's what's next? I spit on your grave. Yeah. <laughs> Last house on the left. I really I, yeah I really wanna I really wanna like you know show them a broad a broad swath of of uh, of stuff. So. I, I started I, with Baskin. We're gonna move on to maybe um, Martyrs next. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, you could do Inside. This is where you came from. <laughs> this is how you were born, sweetheart. <laughs> it's perfect. I, I back your parenting style one hundred percent. But if that sounds like something that you want to get for somebody, uh, I believe that it is available now or it will be soon. I don't know. Just fucking look it up. Just look it but, up. But uh, anyway, do we have to do everything for you? Yeah. Come on. Oh Lord. Even this is scripted, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we're going to take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll be joined by um, Vin Diesel and Ludacris. Oh, yeah. And we're going to talk about uh, Too Modern, Too Monster. Yes. I live for this shit. <laughs> Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks, a man slashing himself into a bloody pulp, and graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. All right, let it be known. 
that the uh, the gentleman that plays Dracula in uh, the Dracula series has the single greatest name on the face of the earth. Yes. Klaus Bang. Klaes. The Klaes? It's C L A E S. Okay, so Klaes Bang. Klaes Bang. Awesome name. Klaes Bang. I always say Klaus because I think I like to say Klaus. Klaus Bang. Klaus Bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great name though. It's it's um, it sounds like if you have if you had a uh, like a, a character like um the Hulk uh-huh. who who speaks like that, but um his name is Klaus and He's instead of smash, it's bang. Klaus bang. <laughs> Went a long way for that. <laughs> Sorry. So I was thinking about how amazing his name is, and um, and I was thinking, and he's a German actor. Sure. And one of my other favorite German names of an actor is Dieter Leza, mm. of course. And I I was thinking about that today. I was like, Klaus bang. And Dieter Laser. And then I go, bang laser. <laughs> so I was doing some chores around the house and I started writing a song called Bang Laser. And I, I'm now determined to finish that song and record it. You've put and this then on... I and I, I will you will debut it on this show. Oh, so you've put this on tape now, so you have to do it. It might take me several years, but eventually you will have the the track <laughs> Bang Laser <laughs> from Jimmy Von Sex. That's a it's a great name for a band. Oh yeah, dude. Bang Laser. A, it, it would it'd be your band name, it would be your 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 first album. No, it'd be every album. <laughs> and every song title. <laughs> <laughs> and the name of every ba- person in the band. <laughs> it's just, it's all Bang Laser. Bang Laser. <laughs> and I I started I started it's it it's not so much that I was writing it; it was writing itself, you oh. know. Like I, it was, I need to hear this. Like it was being fed to me by the gods, by the by the by the laser gods, by Laser Daddy himself. Ooh. So uh, I will record Bang Laser at some point in time, I'm and it. then I'll play it on this show. But God, that's just just amazing. Speaking of Klaus Bang, though, um, Klaus Bang. I'm just gonna say Klaus no, because don't. because I like it. Um, it's not as cool as Klaus. I think that he might actually be my second favorite Dracula that I've that I've ever seen. Now I will now I, I preface that by saying this. Um I like <clears throat> I love Christopher Lee's Dracula. Of course. Um however I I don't really prefer a lot of those movies. Like there's there's some good ones, but I I need to rewatch them. It's been a long time since I've seen them. Mm-hmm. Um but my favorite Dracula hands down, hands down is Gary Oldman. Yeah. In Bram Stoker's, yeah. like that movie is perfection to me. Mm. It's the single greatest Dracula movie ever made. Uh, Bela Lugosi, where I love that movie and I've come to appreciate it over time. It's really not my favorite Dracula movie. It's uh, I just I feel like that movie moves very slow. I know it's supposed to. It's 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 yeah. a gothic melodrama. Melodrama, basically. yeah. Um, I just I don't know. I didn't grow up with it. I guess. Bela you know? Lugosi. But, it's just like he's iconic as Dracula. He's iconic because but, he was the first, not because he or he he's iconic because he's the first, not because in my opinion that he was the best. Yeah. Some people out there might, you know, might punch you in the face. Oh, for sure. saying that. And that's fair. It's, I mean, it's all opinion. But yeah, it's all. That's, it's that's, your, that's your opinion, guy. That's fair. Just take it easy, fella. I just loved. Um, I loved his take on the character, though. I thought it was great. Clay's bangs. Yes. Yes, I did too, dude. Uh, there was it was it was such a fresh take. Like there was there was a lot of like 
uh, I don't want to say comedy, but like he brought a lot of levity to the to the role. Mm-hmm. Like you you figure this guy's been around for hundreds of years, and 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 he's kind of just having fun being a vampire. Like so, it kind of stands to reason that he would like kind of like fuck around with people a yeah bit, you know his, what i mean and he really does that a lot his demeanor and the way that he played the role it's like seriously like this is dracula if dracula walked off the set of Mad Men. like it really is <laughs> like, like just, he's that kind of a character like just like a hyper i keep saying like a lot i keep saying like and kind of a lot in this episode and i am gonna make you go back and kind of like edit every single one out Probably not. And it's kind of going to like take you five hours. Probably not going to do that. <laughs> Just punch me every time I say it from now on. Um, yeah, because he, he's got because he's got this bravado about he's him. He's like suave. Yeah. He's super suave. He's charming. He's, and, yeah. that's kinda, and that's, I was just about to say kind of again. <gasps> um, that's what Dracula is supposed to be. He's the ultimate charmer, you know, because he's talking people into he's seducing people in yeah. a sense like he's seducing them and then you know instead of Clay's banging the, them he's he's the ultimate romantic yeah, he really is he is yeah that's the whole point and of he does character. not discriminate he does not he take he at one point he takes a bride in this movie and it's and it's a nice young man yeah absolutely does and not discriminate opening, and he's opening, also got uh, a couple other brides up in his attic Nice young ladies. The opening line of this entire uh, series was the nun uh, interviewing uh, the, the character that was uh, with him for a very long time. And oh, Johnny. The, Johnny. And one of the first things that she asks him is, uh, did you ever have intercourse with Count Dracula? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, holy crap. They're really just diving head first into this, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. Three-part uh, three part series, uh, hour and a half long piece. So basically it's three different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this aired on the BBC. Uh, and uh, made by the people that made uh, Sherlock, and which I've also heard is a great show. I've never actually watched it. And uh, Doctor Who. And Doctor Who. Stephen Moffat, yep. he's done a lot of Doctor Who. So, you know, we're talking about modern reinterpretations of the characters, right? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is that even though the first two episodes take place in the 1800s, the third episode fast-forwards and throws Dracula into the modern world. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said... His the entire approach of the character in the first two episodes are completely modernized. Yeah. Even though they take place in the 1800s. Yeah. So it all kind of fits. Because it's not this. I mean, he's he's still like a you know a, a gentleman and everything, but there's still a he he doesn't have that proper he doesn't have that proper like gothic, um, gothic melodrama sort of character attitude you know what i mean yeah like the regalness almost like yeah the, like yeah the fact exactly that I'm, I'm royalty and this and that yeah the way the bell lugosi played it basically. right yeah he's just a dude like he's he's just when you're in his when you're in his house he just talks to you like he's a normal dude which i really like it makes yeah. him it makes he's, the character more he's charming like, he's likable too. oh yeah like he's, totally. he plays a very likable character in this definitely um when you first meet him though he's all old and decrepit and it's like every time he feeds on johnny it's like it's like he just fast for your de ages by like thirty years every single time. I really love that part of the movie. Just how Johnny's obviously it's it's like every time he feeds and he's getting younger. Johnny is 
noticing it, but yeah. at the same time, it's it's like he's in this weird dream state where he and Johnny's getting more decrepit and and falling apart. Yeah, every single yeah, and it's yeah. crazy. It's like he's got him under the spell. There's there's a one point in time in the movie where Johnny thinks that he hears a baby. And and Dracula is just like no, you don't hear anything. <laughs> and then you realize there's a baby and then like a, a knapsack like off in the corner. Yeah. And he just like grabs it. Later. It's like oh god. <laughs> he grabs it and he's going up the stairs. And, and Johnny keeps insisting that he hears a baby. And Dracula's just Johnny. There is no baby. And like just making him feel like he's the crazy one for even suggesting that there's a baby in this sack, which there definitely is. There definitely was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I loved it. I the uh, the castle too. Like I thought when they in the very beginning, because they they do pretty much replay the whole beginning of the uh, original Dracula story. Yeah, you know, with him going, it was Dracula that picked him up on the carriage and all that stuff. Like same thing as the original story. But when they get to the castle, the castle was like super foreboding. It was this humongous fucking yeah. giant real castle. And uh, I was reading about it. It's the exact same castle that is in. Nosferatu. Oh, is it really? Yeah. They they filmed at the exact same place. Cool. So that was actually a really cool callback to yeah, I, I didn't even know that place was a real place, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because they did a lot of paintings back in the day. Sure, sure. Uh, and like the, the glass mats and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's um, cool. Um yeah, so pretty awesome on that. Um let's see here. They um they the way that the way that I really, 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 really enjoyed, and they, they cover more of this in episode two but they also in the first one that dracula actually learns things by drinking blood yeah i don't believe that that was ever in the original stories i could be wrong on that but they really played up a lot in this one like uh he's um in the second uh or actually in the first episode he's talking about how he wants to learn english better and so by just by feeding on johnny his english just automatically gets so much better because he has yeah, that blood running through he, he walks into the room and, and Johnny's kind of out of it at this point and, and he's now speaking perfect English mm-hmm. and and uh, Johnny says your your English is near perfect and he go, and he leans down toward him and he says that's all because of you you've yeah. helped me so much that didn't even I didn't go back to that and think about oh, that because yeah. I remember in the second in yeah, the, not, yeah, in, in the, in the second episode mm-hmm. um, he sits down with a woman a countess and she starts to speak German, and he goes, "I'm I'm sorry, my fr- my German is really rusty." And then he goes, "Could you excuse me for a moment?" He goes up and he eats one of the the deckhands or something who's, who's German. German. <laughs> he comes back down. And he's speaking perfect German to her. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And he even and he absorbs their memories and yeah, and, every and everything. So, um, like I said, I could be wrong. That's part of the original lore, but I don't think that it was. And if, and if it was, I don't remember ever hearing that. But yeah, and if it was, it wasn't really, um portrayed that way like like that um it wasn't played up as much exactly yeah yeah yeah. um yeah i i really really enjoyed the series so you have the you have the the first uh episode that is all about dracula at his castle yeah i love johnny i love that they were three distinctly different um stories three distinctly different set pieces like the first one was all in the castle pretty much yes uh the second one was in a a, uh ship which was awesome i loved the second episode Mm -hmm. And then the third one takes place in the future, like yep. now. So um, the the other character outside of Dracula, though, that holds everything together is this character of Sister Agatha. She is the uh, the woman that you hear in the opening uh, of our episode this week. Uh, she is a nun that is studying 
basically vampirism and more specifically Count Dracula. She wants to learn everything about him. She's heard all the stories. She's trying to make sense of it. Uh, she's played by Dolly Wells, mm -hmm. who was fucking bang up job. Like I love oh, her yeah. character. She was my favorite character by far of this entire thing. Um, and she's she's hysterical. Yeah, she's absolutely hysterical. She was. I her the character is so endearing. Like I I every time like. In the third episode, and we'll get to the third episode, yep. I didn't like her character as much. Because in the first two episodes, just who she was, her attitude toward uh -huh. everything, her curiosity toward everything, was like, it was kind of adorable the way she, oh, yeah. <laughs> the way she handled all <clears throat> the situations. Was. Like, these were life or death situations where she was literally face to face with a, a, a monster. Sure. And she was just sort of like flying by the seat of her pants. A yeah, and like yeah. she would perform experiments on him on the fly, like psychological. So mm -hmm. you know the in the beginning of the scene that you hear in our intro, she walks up to him, and he's being held outside the the gates, like he can't come in, and she has heard that a vampire can't come in unless you invite them in. So she opens the gates, not knowing whether or not he's going to grab her and tear her apart. And she she opens the gates and then she just goes, "I want you to know that you are, you are, um, you are decidedly not invited into this place." And uh, and, like, and, I, and says, I didn't and "Actually, says, no, that's what work." And she and, and and then she just watches him, just kind of stands back and watches him with some curiosity. And then he he just like growls at her and walks away. And she goes, "Oh." interesting i didn't know if that would work or not that's nice to know <laughs> and it's like everything everything about that character about um about um agatha i, yep. I loved her so much yeah best character in the whole show hands down oh i i agree so to to kind of put things in perspective here a little bit you have episode one <laughs> that is it covers the story of dracula and johnny at dracula's castle right meanwhile you have uh sister agatha who is interviewing johnny after he escapes from Dracula's castle. So right. a lot of the, the story between Johnny and Dracula is almost being told sort of retold from retold Johnny's from his, point of view. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and eventually the two kind of converge or whatever, and then right. the story continues from there. Uh, you also have uh, Mina who is uh, John, Johnny's fiance. Yeah. And so it's the story of her uh, undercover in spoilers, undercover in nun garb, Oh, sitting in on the interviews. Yeah, with we, him. We shouldn't have to say this, but spoilers oh, on all of this. Spoilers, like, yeah. this is on Netflix. Just go watch it and then yep. come back and listen to us because we're going to talk about the spoilers. So. Yeah. So, so the the first the first episode, like I said, it's all about that. It eventually, kind of like I said, it convenes or whatever, and then it gets gets caught up to the present, and it's the story of Dracula coming to the nunnery. The nunnery, the convent, the nunnery. It's like the a winery. Nunnery. It's like a winery, but the nun get, factory. You get drunk on nuns. Um, well, actually, he kind of does, does. does. Yeah. So it's the nunnery. One should never rush a nun. There's there's a there's a, an amazing transformation scene where he shows up at the nunnery as a wolf. Yeah. And he literally he doesn't just transform from a wolf into a man. He literally claws his way out from the inside of the wolf, well, and it is awesome. He's so he's not so like he does he's. He's able to shapeshift the way a vampire can into bats. Yep. And flies, I got the sense. Is he also the... Are, are the flies him as well? Are they part of him? Or is I think they're just flies. Okay. Well, he does say at, one, at some point in time where there's flesh, there are flies. So, like, I didn't know if... I, but they seem conveni conveniently located at certain times. 
to where it suggests his presence. You know what I mean? Well, because they're they the flies are always around dead things, and he is an undead thing. That's true. So yeah, wherever you see flies, that's kind of a calling card of, of him. Sure. Um. Um. But so he can shape shift into bats. I didn't get the sense that he was shape shifted into the wolf, though. I think he was just he was inside, like the same way he was with uh, Johnny toward the end of episode one. He he wasn't shape shifted into Johnny. He was wearing his skin essentially. I think that's well, kind of what he did with the wolf too. Yeah, but he still literally came from inside the wolf. Oh well, yeah, still an awesome scene. However, yeah. oh, however, yeah. oh, however his, you want yeah, to interpret clawing that, clawing his yeah. way out of the wolf was so cool. Um, yeah, there's the the first episode though is is fantastic. The second episode <laughs> is as as is told in the original story. It's him on the ship going to London because just like in the original story. You know he has uh, he's buying property there, the whole deal. That's yep. what Johnny was there for to kind yep. of broker it. Uh, no Renfield in this story though. Renfield was always with him on the ship mm-hmm. in the original uh, in the original story. Mm-hmm. No Renfield to speak of on the ship this time. Um, I think episode two was hands down my favorite episode of the three. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just great. The characters are great. You uh, Captain uh, Sok- Sokolov. Sokolov, yeah. Sokolov. He was he was a great character. Loved him. Um, all the characters on the ship were just not better characters, but more interesting characters. I thought a lot more backstory. Well, kind of I mean, got to know them a lot more. Well, there was just more of them too. I mean, in the first episode, it was just it was uh, it was the count. It was Johnny. Mm-hmm. You know, he met the one of the wives up in the the attic, and then it was Agatha and Mina. Yeah. Aside from that, you saw the nuns, but they were essentially you know, background, background pieces, fodder, yeah. <laughs> fodder for the eventual slaughter. <laughs> slaughter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it said the season or episode two, this is the cast of characters was bigger and yeah. it was just a little bit more interesting to follow because you had so many more, more rich stories to kind of follow through. Yeah. Um, and I just loved it. He's basically Dracula instead of in the original story, he was basically down under the dirt the entire time yeah. on this one. They even draw attention to it. Uh, by saying, "Oh, you're just walking amongst the mortals," and he goes, "What am I going to do? Sleep in a box the entire time?" Yeah. Like they call it right to it and right. say, "We're not doing that. This is brand new, you know, readapted storytelling here." Yeah. So, um, I and I love that. I thought it was great. I, I thought that him pretending to basically just be like this rich guy on the ship, and no one knows why the people are dying on the ship. They're trying to figure out who the killer is. It's like a mystery, murder mystery almost. Totally, it's like Clue. yeah, yeah, Dracula version of Clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool, and and like you said, each of each of the characters, um, each of the characters has a different backstory, and then you kind of find out that the entire situation, like every single person, is very interesting and very different, a different vintage, if you will, oh. and every single one of them has been like this whole situation has been contrived by Count Dracula, and he managed to. It's like he knew that he was headed to England. And he managed to, uh, in whatever way, he managed to do it. He managed to get everybody on this boat that yeah, he, he wanted on the boat. Like yeah, he, he or- organized he, and he, orchestrated the entire thing. He picked. He picked everybody on the boat was on there for a specific reason, and it was because of their flavor. He thought that each one of them would have an interesting flavor to offer him on his journey to England. Mm-hmm. And he even planned out the whole idea that. I can kill this number of people on my way to England and have a skeleton crew that can still get me to England. So he, it was like, and he, I love the way, like, you know, like he talks, he talks about them like they're a vintage, like, um, well, that's all they are to him. Yeah. 
like each one is a a different fine bottle of wine that he's that he's having for that night. It's it's a really cool take on it. Yeah. One thing that we did not mention about uh, episode one, <clears throat> which I think is pertinent here, is that Sister Agatha, uh, her full name, it's Sister Agatha Van Helsing. She is the Van oh. Helsing character in the story, yeah. which is why she's so important to right. it. Um, and that continues on. When, when the second episode starts, it's weird because it ends with Dracula basically confronting Sister Agatha and um, Mina. And Mina. Yeah. And then it just kind of ends. Mm-hmm. And when the second episode starts, it's Sister <clears throat> Agatha is just in Dracula's castle with him. And I... then they start playing chess. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't understand what they were doing. He was re- he was recounting a story to her. Yeah, or at least it, it, that's how it he seemed. Was, he was basically telling the story of his journey. I absolutely loved this portion of that episode. I I I liked the idea of uh, them having a rapport mm-hmm. and almost like a mutual respect for one another. Yeah, it was almost it was almost like they were they were sitting in this room and she kind of at times thought she had the upper hand. And he was allowing her to live and telling her the story because he knew that he could just kill her whenever he wanted yep. to. But she wasn't really afraid of him because she thought, you know, and the fact that they're sitting there playing a game of chess, it's it's this back and forth kind of thing where they both at times think that they've got the, got the other one on the yep. ropes, you know. So it, they, I, I thought that I thought that whole aspect of the episode was cool and then when you find out what's really going on well they had a relationship that was almost like uh like professor x and magneto right they're like they're bitter enemies but they respect each other right and that they're kind of they're literally not only are they literally playing chess but they're playing chess mentally as well right i thought that was it was awesome and then again spoilers when you realize that this is all taking place in her head and she's dreaming this basically because he had fed on her yeah, right. And so, it, 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 because that's what he does when he, and it's it's kind of weird. That's really it's really merciful on his part. Like when he feeds on somebody, he allows them to dream about something nice. Yeah. In in the third episode, we're gonna jump here. In the third episode, he actually asks them or asks this woman that he's with at one point, like, "What do you want to dream about?" Like, and he can put whatever he wants in right. her head. Right. Um. But we'll we'll get there i don't want to jump too far ahead here um but yeah i like i said i just love that you know you find out that she's actually on the ship so her character gets brought back into it with all the ship stuff yeah and it's it's just really really awesome it's mm-hmm. such a good episode um the way that they find out that he's actually a vampire was genius on her part mm-hmm. like they basically have her being hung on the stake because they think that she's the killer people are disappearing and no, there's this room number nine that nobody is supposed to go in there because there's a, a um, allegedly a, an invalid in there, uh-huh. and they want to keep that as a sick, like a sick room, so that nobody, nobody will go in there. It won't spread to anybody or anything like that. And then Dracula finally says, "I had to take matters into my own hand because people were being murdered." And so he goes in and he frames her, makes it look like she's covered in the blood of all these people that she's murdered. Uh-huh. So they take her out and they're about to string her up on the mast. Like hang her on the mast um, of the ship, and what does she do? She says, uh, "She says, okay, well, if I'm if I'm a vampire, then I won't die if you hang me. So, which one of you has the courage to come and kick the barrel out from underneath me?" And the look on her face, because everybody she knows she's kind of outsmarting everybody. 
she says, okay, then come come kick the barrel out from underneath my feet and you'll see. But if I'm a vampire, I'm going to live through it. And, and then, then as soon you. as I get loose, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So who has the courage? And then Dracula steps up and he goes, I'll do it. And the look on her face when she goes, <laughs> fuck. Like, like, I had this. I had this. And then, and then he screws the whole thing up. But then she was smart enough to bite her lip and spit blood at him, which yeah. drives him absolutely insane. Yeah, because he's... So she I, always had sort of a one-up on him. I, I, yeah. I love that. Um, you mentioned cabin number nine. Did you did you notice the way they revealed that at first? When when she realizes that this is all of the all of everything that she thought was going on with the chess game and all that stuff, yeah. when she realizes that that's all in her head and he's put it there, they do this really really awesome pull out on the camera. Oh, the where stairway! It goes, it goes up the stairway, yeah. and the stairway makes the symbol of a nine. Yeah. Oh, dude, it was so good. I got yeah. chills watching. I'm like that's so cool. Yeah, it was it was so really inventive. Cool. The uh, the cinematography in all of these episodes oh, are yeah. fantastic. By the way. Mm-hmm. Worth the watch just at, on that. Beautifully shot, uh, the entire series. Um, yeah, I, I, I just really liked it. The, the whole, the whole, um, it was very witchy almost with like the, uh, it's like a salt circle they do at one point in time when they oh, use, they yeah. use the uh, pages from the Bible. Yeah. The nail into the deck boards. Like stuff like that was just really, really cool. Yeah. And they explored a lot of Dracula's flaws in this episode. Like, Expl- exploiting his, you know, uh, his weaknesses or exploiting his mental state and all well, that. Agatha, kind of stuff. Agatha would straight up say because she was a nun, but she had kind of alluded to the fact in the first episode that yeah, I'm a nun, but I like, I've never, I've I've been searching for God my whole life and I've never found him, you know. Yeah. And take it from me, I'm a nun. Like I, if if he was there, I would I would have found him by now, and. So her ideas that she's using, like the the circle of Bible pages, or the when she breaks the um, when she breaks the communion and makes a little circle around her with the communion bread, she's she's literally just going. She she says, "I don't know if this will work, but it's supposed to." And 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 she says, "Like there's no logical reason for this to work." Yeah, but apparently it does. So we're just gonna try it and see well, if it it's does. The same thing with the cross. Like, what right. is it about the cross? that keeps you awake because it's clearly not the religious part of it like what and i thought what that causes that i thought that was a cool angle because um they they hint at it throughout the entire three episodes and he even says to um somebody at one point like there's a whole group of people standing around holding crosses and he's like he's like uh somebody says apparently that you don't like this and it, it obviously was much better writing than that yeah <laughs> apparently you don't like this <laughs> and he says and and he says yes you're you're right it does affect me but none of you would ever guess why yeah and you don't actually figure out why until the third episode really they kind right. of dive into it more and it's kind of the whole ending of these uh, of the story which right. i have questions about uh and we'll get there um <laughs> so yeah so this is the, they basically it's it's Agatha versus the versus Dracula to the bitter end. Um, it's funny, Captain Kozlov, is that his name? Sokolov. Sokolov. Kozlov. Um, Ka- Kozlov, Kat- Fedorov, yeah, Konstantinov. You know. Yeah, you know, the Red Wings from the Wed Wings. <laughs> Larionov. From, uh, was that, 98? <laughs> the Stanley Cup champion team. Come on. Uh, yeah, so. You're talking about the Russian Five. Yes. I mean, it wasn't just 98, it was for, you know, like 12 years or something. You done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Um, 
it's funny because there's almost like a weird romance between sister Agatha and the captain by the end. And at one point in time, she's hugging him and she goes, I am a nun. And he goes, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, <laughs> I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Um, but you basically have them, uh, lighting Dracula on fire at the end of this, pushing him overboard. And that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Ag- Agatha though, ends up dying herself she has to sacrifice herself because she was fed upon she mm-hmm. was bitten mm-hmm. she was dying and she couldn't bring that to the mainland of uh, of europe so they uh so you so her character actually ends up dying the end of episode two really throws you for a loop because when dracula comes back he kind of busts out of his coffin that he finds at the bottom of the uh bottom of the sea basically yeah and you don't think that any any time has passed, and he I, I love that he gets out well, of because it it looks like the coffin sank to the bottom of the sea, and then he just pops out and swims to the surface. Well, he doesn't even swim; he walks across. Oh the yeah, bottom he walks of the across. Ocean, yeah, exactly. Uh, or the the sea, which is really awesome. And he gets out, and you start to he's looking around everywhere, and things still look semi periody, sort of. Well, because there's that like the ruins up on top of the hill, just yeah. beyond the the horizon, it's like an old castle or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then you hear the sound of a helicopter above them, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What the fuck?" And you you realize that now we're in present day, so this is where all the modern stuff comes into play. The entire third episode mm-hmm. is is all taking place in modern day, uh, and, and it's just really cool though because you have Sister Agatha's character. But it's not Sister Agatha. It's, um, it's now Zoe. It's now Zoe, who is a descendant of Sister Agatha. Which I'm I'm thinking about that now. She says she was. Uh, she says Sister Agatha was my great great aunt on my father's side. Yes. So that would have been. So your your aunt would have been your father's sister. Your great aunt would have been your grandpa. So her great grandpa's sister. Right, very strong genes because they looked identical. They did look identical. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Then I was I was thinking to myself, how could how could she have descendants if she was a nun? She didn't have any kids, but it was she no, was a great through the other family, yeah. She was yeah. a great great aunt on the yep. father's side. So yeah, that so, makes sense. Same actress though playing uh, playing both characters, right? And <clears throat> she's literally been waiting for for Count Dracula. Like she's studied him and all the stuff. Like she's part of this weird like sciency sort of. Uh, uh, I don't even know how you would describe it, like uh, scientific I, I, team. I think that's actually the official, t- like a weird sciencey thing. Yeah, yeah, weird sciencey <laughs> thing. She's part She's... of the John Harker Institute, which John Harker was the Johnny, Johnny, the from original the, from guy the first, from the uh, first episode. Yep. Um, the so what it was was Johnny, after Johnny died, and in the first episode. Uh, yeah. Agatha gave up her life. She let Dracula feed on her as long as he promised to let Mina go. Uh-huh. After Johnny died, Mina ended up uh, getting a fortune from some inheritance or something. And then she passed that down. And eventually it made its way to Zoe. And she created the, Jon- the Jonathan Harker Institute. And now it's like dedicated to finding Dracula, studying him. These people just can't quit each other. No. <laughs> like like generations upon generations go by, they're still all connected somehow. Um, but yeah, so she's waiting for him, and so you see this her character walk up on the beach as as uh, Dracula is walking out of the water, and she goes, "Count Dracula, what took so long?" Mm-hmm. And it's like it's like holy shit, this is 
now in modern weird right well and you think that at first you think it's agatha she's been waiting for him for 123 years because she, she was fed on by um she was also a vampire yeah. she was yeah you'd think that she's now just undead she managed to swim up out of the ocean came 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 ashore and somehow lived out the last 123 years without doing like a full transformation into a vampire so the third episode then is all about it's the question of what would Dracula be like in the modern, modern times, world. Yeah. Turns out, not so good, because <laughs> the this the episode three was decisively the worst. Yeah, of the three, um, which I was really I was really looking forward to seeing it because I had watched the first two episodes uh, at the beginning of the year. This yes, this came out in 2020. By the way, yeah, I felt like this came out five years ago because this year never ends um but i had watched the first two episodes but not the third one back when this came out mm-hmm. and everybody had said that like the first two episodes were so good then the third one just falls apart like everybody was super pissed about it mm-hmm. and i go well that's good news for me because typically i love things that other people hate yeah so I'm like, this is gonna be great i'm gonna love this right um and i didn't think that it was all bad but it definitely did not hold up to the first two. There were some. There were some cool things about it, like actually seeing him interact with the modern world, especially when he first came ashore, mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Like uh, just little comments he would make, like the helicopter was right over him, and he looks at Zoe and he's like, "I like the flying thing." Like when when did you guys do this? And the fact that he deduced that something was a camera just because back when he was alive in the eighteen hundreds or whatever, like. You know, he's he's like, I've seen things that look like this, so this is probably what this is. Yeah. And then it was really clever, the whole idea that him biting people and, and feeding from them made him gain knowledge because that was a really easy way for him to slip into the 21st century. Yeah. To where, like, where he suddenly knew how to use an iPhone and an iPad, and it's because he's been feeding on people who know how to use those things, mm-hmm. and so he he now has their knowledge of how to how to do stuff like that. So that part of it was all very cool. What was not so cool is I never needed to see Dracula swiping right on a cell phone. <laughs> it was kind of funny though, because he's it's like, it was like it's him looking so at dumb. It, though, was, like, it was like him looking at a menu. It, I get that. I do. <laughs> I, I I I. The joke is not lost on me, but it was just dumb, though. It's like, it, and he Dracula do, and he doesn't does it, need to do that. And he does it several times, too. Oh, yeah. It's not like one one little gag. Like, he does it three or four times throughout the entire episode. Also, why does Dracula need to work out? <clears throat> like, there's a scene where he's literally working out, and he's got, like, the towel over his shoulder. And it's like, why does Dracula need to work out? He's undead. No, I, but he's still... <laughs> he doesn't eat. He's still capable of aging, though. Only if he doesn't feed, he, he, yeah. and he's been feeding. But he, I think I think it was because it was that same moment where you first see him swiping right, and he says, uh, "He says I never would have expected that I would have to do, you know, manual, uh, phys- physical, uh, um, what the hell does he say? Not physical education, <laughs> but like physical activity. Yeah, because everything is delivered to you." Food is delivered to you. Your groceries are delivered. Like everything is, everything is just so he's handed become, to you. He's become lazy. He's become a lazy twenty first century vampire. So he's trying to keep his skills sharp by like keeping his body tuned and stuff like that. Which is but part of why I I almost didn't like it because like, I too, don't need to see Dracula doing. It that. was too campy and it was yeah. like on and 
all of this, like every part of the story that involved the young people, I hated. Because I just well, like every time they were on screen, I was like, I would like you guys to all be eaten by Dracula because I hate you all. Yeah, that was the thing. In episode two, there was a lot of characters, but it was okay because those characters were interesting. Like you yeah. wanted to follow those characters. They were interesting and they were likable. And oh. then you meet all these young characters in the third one. They're basically like club goers. They're all exactly the same. There's nothing interesting about them. And mm-hmm. they're all a bunch of idiots. And yeah, it's it like, oh, God. It just kind of sucks. Can we just kill them already? <laughs> I will say this, though. Um, I mentioned the cinematography mm. in the show. The third episode had some really, really awesome uses of like color and stuff. Mm. Almost very like Suspiria or um, like Nick Reffin kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, at, at some points, which is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dracula ends up getting arrested by the, the John, uh, what's it called? John Harker. The John Harker Institute. Institute in, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is when I told you how Renfield was not on the ship, like in the original story. Mm-hmm. Renfield, though, it turns out to be his representative for his uh, lawyer. Not his representative for his lawyer. His lawyer. He was the representative of, <laughs> the, law firm, of yeah. the law firm that had that he's always been a part of, even from back in the 1800s. Right, right. And he was still technically an active uh, uh, client. Yeah. So Renfield comes in, which they don't really... I thought that Renfield was just completely shoehorned in. Like, they don't really explain why he's there. They don't really explain why he becomes, like, his servant. Because at the very beginning, he almost seems creeped out by him. And he never feeds on him or anything like that. At least they don't show it. Um, you know, they really, he, they really don't. Does he not? He, I guess he doesn't feed on him. Yeah. No, he just like Renfield just kind of becomes his bitch for <laughs> lack of a better way of putting it, you know, and helping him. And he's like totally okay that he's a vampire. Like he's helping him find blood and he's helping him find. If I had to guess, these women. If I had to guess, just thinking about this, because Renfield is a is an attorney, mm-hmm. and he comes in. And he says, well, you're holding my client at, uh, against his will. And the guy's a vampire. He's an ancient vampire who's been accused of murdering hundreds of people. Well, you're holding him against his will, and I'm here to get him out, and blah, blah, blah. If I had to guess, what he becomes to Dracula is sort of a... I'd say it's like a social commentary on... on Like, he, he, he becomes this, like, groveling... Uh, just like you said, he's kind of his bitch because Dracula is this rich and powerful guy. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 willing to sort of set all of it because he's just a human, but he's suddenly comfortable with the idea that he is with this guy who murders people all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's fine because he is he's getting his, you know, like he's getting he's getting paid still. Sure, sure. So he's become this servant to this upper class guy because He's rich and powerful. Sure, I, I get you know that. what I mean. I get that. I'm just sort of working this out as I go. But yeah, no, I, 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 I definitely understand. You know that, what I mean? Like just like just protecting protecting the upper class because they're going like to keep lawyer... you living, keep you keep you living the life that you want to live, even if you have to deal with despicable things. It's like a it's like a lawyer that was like a, a like Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer, for example, right? He right. was still defending him even though he knew the guy was a giant piece of shit. Right. He was still doing the job. Yeah. yeah. It's just or any defense lawyer. It's really. just because I'm gonna I'm gonna get a payday. <laughs> yeah, any criminal defense lawyer pretty much. Um I think yeah. So these these kids that they're following though, they're they're not they're not fun to watch at all. And they come into play because uh 
his Renfield ends up getting him out of the prison thing or whatever, and he, and he goes free, and he gets set up in these lavish digs, like this crazy lavish, uh, like high rise building that apparently he just has now. Is that like the property that he bought from the first movie? Probably. Okay. Again, they don't really explain it. He just kind of. Is oh, but there. No, but no. I mean, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't be because he. 123 years ago, this sky rise wouldn't have been there. Yeah, exactly. It probably so, would. It was probably just land, and then it was developed. And when he got there, the land was. I mean, he's still, he's still a. I don't know if he has any money, but he's still a rich and powerful guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he could just show up and. It's details that I think you're not supposed to pay attention to. That <laughs> we does, are. Yeah, it doesn't really much, matter but, that um, much. He ends up meeting this girl, um, and her name is escaping me. Uh, Beth. Beth, yeah. Yeah, Beth was her name. So he ends up meeting uh, Beth, and Beth, like, her life kind of, like, sucks. Like, she's not happy. She's engaged to be married, but she's, like, cheating on her her fiancé incessantly. She just, like, doesn't really care about anything. And then she meets this suave older gentleman. This tall, dark, handsome man. That is, like, giving her something that she's never had before. And she's very just okay with the fact that he's a vampire. Mm Mm-hmm. Like she thrives on it, um, and it's and it's weird because her character is so shallow because you don't know anything about her. They don't really give her a lot of backstory. She's just kind of there, and you're expected to believe that here's this young girl that is just completely okay with everything that's happening around yeah. her. And it's kind of it's kind of weird that they they the, the writers really just expect you to go with it a lot. You know, yeah. I think they're asking quite a bit from the viewer in my opinion um i just i just i there like you said there was nothing i there was nothing interesting about this part of the story to me um even the fact that she played a pretty key role in what he was doing like he he felt like he had finally found somebody who uh understood him and somebody he wanted to make her one of his brides uh uh-huh. And he he thought this was the one like this is the one I've been waiting for. This is the one who finally understands what I'm doing. She doesn't fear death. Um, she's willing to open her veins for me so that I can feed whenever I want to. Like that's exactly what he's been looking for. Uh-huh. And I just couldn't have been less interested. Yeah, in I... her part of the story. I just like I don't know if it was if it was just coming off of the first two episodes where everything was so interesting and all the all the characters were well-rounded and and then you just maybe it's just like i the like the 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 club lifestyle and and basically the way the way people the way young people live their lives these days doesn't interest me at all no it's so so i was just kind of turned off by the whole thing it's such a rapid departure from everything they were doing too yeah that it just feels really out of place yeah and then what was with the 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 undead vampire zombie things well that That was a weird no that made sense because they popped up in the first episode because John John Harker goes looking through the castle and he comes he comes across that that room where uh, he hears something inside of a box. Mm, he opens the yeah, box and that freaky thing comes popping out. Yeah, that's true. And then yeah. all of a sudden there's like 40 dead bodies all chasing him down. But we're basically led to believe, though, that there's more vampires because basically if you're an undead person that gets buried and your 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 body's not actually dead, you become undead. Well, one of the things that Agatha says a couple times throughout the uh, entire series is um, 
Dracula is a special case because he's somehow found a way to not only be undead, but keep his um, keep his wits about him. Like he's a hundred percent sentient. Yeah. Whereas these other people who have the vampire curse now are undead and they're up and they're walking around but they're they're sort of just mindless you know but it still stands to reason that there's other vampires turning them because a lot of these people you know died not back from his not back from his time oh yeah unless they were but it stands to reason that there's more vampires walking around on the earth than just dracula yeah which they don't really allude to but i guess you're i mean you're just supposed to would make that would make sense right what what saves the third episode is the fact that Sister Agatha does return in the form of like a force ghost, right. basically, yeah. um, and she she basically comes to uh, uh, to the aid of Zoe Zoe because yeah. Zoe finds out that she's dying, she has cancer, and uh, Agatha comes and basically like we have unfinished business to do before you die, and like so it's kind of the like two of them working in tandem. Well, and the reason this to... happens is because Zoe ends up she has a vial of Dracula's blood. Mm-hmm. And she drinks it. Yep. Because he says something about he says something early in the series that uh, you know blood is blood is lives. I carry every one of my victims with me in my veins, and so she knew Zoe knew that he had bitten Agatha, so she knew that Agatha must be in his bl- blood. Like, see, I took it as she drank it because she thought it could cure her. That's why I thought she drank it. Cause she, cause she has the cancer, and she looked at it, and she goes, "Well, what the fuck?" And she like, she throws the vial back. I thought she was doing it in an effort to save her life. Oh, that's what I thought. Because oh. I don't think that she knew who Agatha was. Obviously, she did. I don't think so. Because when Agatha first shows up, she is confused as to who she is. I think it's because she was seeing a corporeal version of this person who's been dead for 123 years. But wouldn't, if she wouldn't that confuse you? Well, no, because no, because by by your logic, what you're saying is that she drank it knowing that would happen. No, I think I think she drank it looking for answers, but I don't think she knew that that Agatha would literally show up to her. You know what I mean? Hmm. Well, regardless, it's not really explained well because like I, everything in this yeah. third episode is just kind of they expect you to just go with it, which you can. But it, yeah, for, I don't know. For as for as well as everything is, for as well as everything is structured in the first two episodes, this one just seemed like it was cobbled together, sort of. Um, this the story about, uh, you know, Beth obviously plays an important role because she is the, the bride that he's been looking for. Uh-huh. But everything else having to do with her friends and stuff is sort of pointless. Yeah, like even to the point where, um, Jake. The guy who's in love with her, mm-hmm. his his part. He's supposed to be one of the main characters in this episode. You could have probably just tossed his part out the window, and the the episode wouldn't have changed that much. I completely agree with you. Like he was, oh, he was a part of the blood trials that they were doing at the John Harker Institute, but they never showed anything coming of that. Uh, and then, other than that, he showed up at the end, and. I guess he did end up stabbing Beth, but like, that's pretty much it, yeah. all. Like the, his his part was his part was he was supposed to be one of the main characters, and his part was almost pointless. 
I yeah I I one hundred percent completely agree with yeah. you. It was it was another it was a, the case of another character just not needing to be there yeah. at all. Right. Like it just I don't know like there this it wasn't a good it was not a good episode. No, it wasn't. they they really did not end this on a high note. Yeah, um, it was kind of a bummer. Like just with the with how good the first two were, it was I was so stoked going into it, and I was like I was hoping. I was hoping that what I had heard about it where people hated the third episode, I was like, well, maybe people just hated it so much because it was all of a sudden in the 21st century and, and uh, you know, and they just didn't like making that adjustment, making that jump from... Yeah, and then also from one to the other. The explanation of why Dracula is afraid of certain things, like she found, like Agatha found out his weakness at the end, right? They really just cut off Dracula's balls. Like Dracula is supposed to be this big brooding, like undead vampire like the greatest one ever and they basically just make him out to be a giant pussy at the end and i really didn't like that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like it just didn't fit the character well it I thought it yeah it turned out that he it it turned out that um all of the folklore surrounding him was just that it was just folklore yeah and it got to the point where even he believed it yeah like basically. he couldn't he couldn't discern b- between what was a real threat to him and what was just the folklore and then it turned out at the end like she she tears the curtains down and the sunlight hits him and it looks like he's burning at first and then he sits up and he goes oh i'm not burning and and she's like he's become such a creature of habit that he thinks that the sunlight will burn and so and what he's really afraid of is dying it kind of destroys she, she wins because she can die right. i guess like it's it's and it kind of just destroys the entire I don't know the the entire history and the entire lore of yeah. of Dracula. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it it just it it pussifies him, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just didn't just I just didn't care for it. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't a bi- I wasn't a big fan. I would say that watch the first two episodes and then just before you get to the very very end where he pops back up out of the water, just turn it off. <laughs> That's Not, where it should end. I would watch all three, but <laughs> uh, just know that you'll probably be you'll probably be a little let down by the. By the end, for sure. Yeah. Um. Then there's there's so many more bits that we didn't get to because we're trying to do an entire three episode season, yeah, a whole mini series. You know, but I think we can four pretty and a half much, hours into a little bite size. I think we can here. pretty much just leave it at that. Um. Hands down, my f- my favorite episode was the second. Uh. We didn't talk. I agree. M- we didn't talk much about the cast of characters, but the characters in the second movie are are awesome. The uh, the relationships that they develop on the ship, like. I love you and I both love uh, shows and movies where things are confined to a small space, mm-hmm. and having everything happening on a ship, and then having it be like a, a weird mystery clue type sort mm-hmm. of sort of story it was really cool. So yeah. I definitely like the second episode the best. Uh, I agree a thousand percent. Um, okay, so that was all very long winded, uh, but we're gonna move on to the second movie here, which uh, I'm gonna go on record and say this right now. Uh, Best werewolf movie I've ever seen in my life. Really? Honest to God. It's high praise. It's very high praise. It's high praise. I fucking loved this movie. Uh, and that movie is Where? 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 Uh, <laughs> uh, from 2012? 2013. 2013. Yeah. Um, so this was, we thought this was a found footage movie. And it's weird because it's shot almost the way that you would expect a documentary to be shot. But it's not a documentary. Yeah, it's the best the, way that I can describe it. It does start off like found footage, kind of. 
There's elements. There's yeah. elements of found footage because even there's parts where there's uh, body cam footage from police officers and uh-huh. stuff like that. But then even in the portions of the movie that are definitely not found footage, the camera work is still like documentary style camera. It's like work. fly on the wall camera work yeah. almost. Um, like I said, like like people that are there observing and filming but not getting in the way right. is, is what it is was what it's made to feel like. It's like watching The Office, but if uh, suddenly a werewolf started killing everybody. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Um, so yeah, like I said, 2013, directed by William Brent Bell. Uh, he's the guy that did Devil Inside, uh, The Boy 1 and 2. Uh, he did that Stay Alive um, movie with the video games oh, that yeah. we, I think, <laughs> we liked maybe a little bit. I don't remember. It's been a while, but I think, um, I think it was terrible, but we still liked it. Is that is that what is it that was? Somewhat accurate. Sure, we'll <laughs> go with that. Um, let's see here. A defense attorney begins to suspect that there might be more to her client, who is charged with the murders of a vacationing family, than meets the eye. Yeah. Um, when we were watching this, I mentioned to you that I think one of the reasons that I liked it so much is that it reminded me a lot of the exorcism of Emily Rose. And if you've listened to the show at all before, you know how much we absolutely love that movie. Yep. And I think it's because of the the, uh, the, the legal drama yep. that's involved in it. I yep. love I love um, courtroom procedural movies or any kind of legal <clears throat> mumbo jumbo. Yeah. You mix that with a horror movie, I'm in seventh heaven. I yep. love it. And there's a lot of that that goes on in this movie. I think that's one of the reasons that I'm drawn to it as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, what did, did you, I mean, you? I know you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Would yeah. you give it as high of praise as I did? I'm trying to, like, saying it was, I, I don't know if I can definitively say this is the best werewolf movie I've ever seen in my life, but it's up there for I, sure. I liked it because they grounded it in reality so much. Like, so you have like the Wolfman, right? The original Wolfman Universal movie yeah. is like that's the lore, like that's the that's the story that everybody has, has told, right? And what this movie does is it explains what it actually sort of is, <clears throat> and right. what people were seeing maybe back in the day, and then they painted their own picture of it, which was the Wolfman. Well, because there's this there's this guy, this giant guy that they they arrest, and they're like, well, this is the guy who's this is the suspect who we think tore these two people apart, mm-hmm. but then the, this defense attorney. Uh, starts to notice like this guy can barely move. He looks like he's in pain all the time. Like, I I don't think that he could have biggest motherfucker of all time. Too. So do you know who he is? He's the no. he's the bass player from Eagles of Death Metal. Are you kidding me? Mm. You are kidding me? No no no. Oh. He no he is <laughs> really yeah. Wow, I didn't even know that guy was an actor. Yeah, br- he's not. This is the only movie he's ever done. Oh Jesus, uh, okay. Brian Scott O'Connor. Yeah, the, the uh, you've listened to Angels of Death Metal yeah, before, right? Yeah. With uh, Josh Holm. Eagles of Death Metal. Or what did I say? Angels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of the. Me- There's a metal band called Angel of Death. Isn't oh, okay. There? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, um, and, and and I guess this isn't really a fun fact, but the Eagles of Death Metal were the band that was performing in oh, Paris yeah. when that shooting happened. Yep. Uh, at the concert. Yep. Uh, f- what five years ago, something like that, something maybe less like than. That, yeah, uh, it was a big, big deal in Paris. Yeah. The video that came out after that was some of the most horrifically scary things I've ever oh, seen. Yeah, honestly, awful. Like, that's real horror. Like that's yeah. fucking awful. Um, anyway though, yeah, sorry, just popped into my head. Yeah, this is it's the only movie he's ever done. Uh, I I know that he was he was battling cancer in like 2010, 2011. Okay. Because I remember actually, I didn't know this was him back then, but I remember hearing that he had cancer and uh, Josh Holm was 
organizing a bunch of um uh like charity events and stuff to kind of help him out with all of his bills and all that Uh um so yeah he's uh his name is brian o'connor he played Talon Gwinnick, which if that's not a fucking uh, werewolf name, <laughs> then really I don't is. know what it is. It really, really is. But yeah, they said it like um, uh, A.J. Cook, who plays his his uh, defense attorney. What was her name? Uh, Kate. Uh, Kate, yeah. She's like, this guy. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! She's a babe! She's a babe! Uh, <laughs> she's like, she's like I, 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 he could barely move when I saw him. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way that this guy... Is, He's like run, crippled. is running around out in the forest killing people and stuff and so she starts to uh she starts to look into his condition and she figures out because he's like he's huge he's got like his hands are just massive he's this fucking there's huge dude there's a scene where her hands are next to his yeah. and i swear to god they're four times the size of her hands that's why i said earlier it's insane. that's why i said earlier in his in his in uh, real life his nickname is big hands good <laughs> lord he's though. just got Matt, he when he plays the bass it guitar, it like looks it's like not, a little baby guitar. It looks like it's not physically possible oh, yeah, for yeah. him to be that much bigger than her yeah. because she's not tiny. I mean, oh, I mean she's, she's slender, but like my, my like she's not like a a small person. You know, what I'm saying she's average size. Well, I, how can you tell really? Because well, because her around every other actor in the movie, she doesn't look abnormally small. She's of average size. Yeah, uh, but look at the people that she was. She uh, so. Sebastian Roche, mm-hmm. Ro- Roach or whatever yep. his name is, playing uh, Klaus, and then... Uh, this one is actually Klaus. Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, and then Simon Quarterman playing Gavin and Vic... Uh, how do you say his last name? Uh, Sahay. Sahay, yeah. playing Eric. They're all relatively small dudes. I so guess. I think, I I think she's I, probably pretty small, but like... I just don't think that she is even abnormally small. S- even still, he's a, he's a big man. Uh, that's for yeah. sure. Um, so when we were watching this, I told you that Sebastian Roche looked familiar to me and I couldn't place where he was in Supernatural as well as uh, Fringe, two shows that I love. Uh, and that's right. That's where I know him from. He's been in a lot of movies as well, but that's where I know him from. I think I know him best from, uh, I know him best from, um, insulting people on their cooking skills. Oh, oh, Gordon Ramsay, yes. Because he looks almost <laughs> identical to Gordon you know, Ramsay. If there's ever a movie made about Gordon Ramsay, he needs to play him, right? Oh, totally. Hands down. And then and then Gordon Ramsay can write a review on the movie and just lambaste him. It's absolute <laughs> shit. Oh, this is a shit sandwich. Um, and then Vic Sahay, uh, I know him from this uh, TV show called Chuck. And it was weird because he was like, him and one of the other guys in the, in the show were like the comic relief guys of the show. Yeah. And he was really good at it. He's hysterical in that show. So watching him play more of a serious role, uh-huh. I didn't think that I was going to like it, but I ended up really, really liking his character in this. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, he was kind of this uh, tech-savvy sort of... and it, like He was tech-savvy. He was good at stealing information about people, but then he also just... He had... Uh, He's very confident. You know, like any time the other guy was uh, sort of confronting him, he just was not able to be rattled and no not just, at all like i hadn't seen him much in in chuck but just from what you described him being sort of a goofball in that in that movie, super timid in that super show, like, yeah, like yeah seeing it the way he handled himself in this movie he was kind of a badass you yeah know? it was a complete 180 from from the character he played uh, in the show um yeah so they ended up like you know we're talking about how uh they're they're representing him and they end up getting him out of 
police custody by proving he couldn't have done this. He has this disease. Yeah, he said he had porphyria, I think was the name of the disease. I believe that's what it was called, yeah. And the only way that they can prove that he has it is by basically doing this strobe light test with his eyes and inducing a seizure. Right. Well, so they they start off by doing a, a corneal corneal scrape or something yeah. so they like put which a, i didn't think was that big of a deal you thought that it was like the most disgusting thing in the world no it's not it, <laughs> it it's like if you like touching an eye with like a finger or something is one thing but t- taking a glass slide and running it across the lens of your eye is good <laughs> i just it doesn't seem like it would bother me at all but um but what they do though is they inadvertently trigger the same thing that happens with a full moon right. with this stress test with his eyes and the strobe light. And so he goes fucking crazy. And which doesn't really it that doesn't entirely make sense because if you're if you're kind of going off of what um Vic, what the hell was his uh Eric. If you're kind of going off of what Eric was saying later on in the movie about how the full moon he thinks affects people because people are made up of 60% water and sure. if it's the same way that it changes the tides and stuff like that um the strobe light test wouldn't have the same effect because it's not really a, it's not that would have more of a, an effect on the brain rather than you know yeah i think that i think the idea the chemistry i think the idea is just that it's triggering something in the brain that is I don't know. I'm going with it. They don't really explain it. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, I don't care that much. It was still awesome because it led to one of the coolest scenes in the entire movie. What I mentioned before about how they, like, this is what real werewolfism actually is. Not the Wolfman version, but like this. is He doesn't actually really transform into a Wolfman. He's already a naturally hairy dude. Like, he's just a, he's got like a weird, like half Wolverine, long beard sort of thing. Uh Super long, scraggly hair. He's he's got more body hair than I care to ever look at again it's, in my it's life. It's actually like he's got Wolverine's head hair on his on his face. Yeah, oh, Wolverine's yeah, yeah. got the two the two <laughs> peaks. Just flip it upside down and make it into a beard, and that's yeah. what he's got going on. And he's already a hairy dude, and he's so big. You put all these things together, well, he the, looks sort of like a werewolf. Well, and the cool thing was, uh, so there was like a quote unquote transformation scene, right? Mm-hmm. When he's up on the eighth the eighth floor of that building, like an abandoned building or something. And the, uh, the cops come in with their body cams on and you see this transformation and you think you're about to see because his, his, the muscles in his back start contorting and Uh his, and his like shoulders start popping and stuff like that. And you think, Oh, here we go. He's going to turn into a werewolf, but it stops basically at his posture being corrected. So yeah. it's like it's it's almost like he's yeah he's hunched over because he's got this prophyria or whatever it was called and that transformation that you see is not him turning into a werewolf but literally just his his body like you see his transformation into a strong healthy person. It's like you get a shot it's like you got a shot of like morphine to take away his pain and then a huge shot of adrenaline that just made him go crazy and be super strong. Yeah. It's basically what it was. Yeah. What it was. But then he still looks like a werewolf kind of because he just is naturally hairy and yep. and huge and but there is still something supernatural about him because he can jump from the 14th floor of a oh, building yeah. and land on his feet. So it's kind of like a hybrid between yeah. the, the supernatural story of a werewolf and <clears throat> not really. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was really cool about it. It was, it was, it was a completely unique take on that character. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, you're not you're not seeing somebody transform into a werewolf, just somebody who's transforming into a person with the attributes of what you would typically consider a werewolf. Yeah. And it made it very believable too. Yeah. It's like you're watching this, and you're just like, oh God, like this is where this is where the legend comes from. Right. It's really, really awesome. And in his feet of uh his feet of strength, he's got one kill in the movie that I thought was excuse me, uh amongst the best kills that I've seen in a while Which where one? he rips a dude's jaw clean oh off of his oh my God. It is so brutal. It was such a <laughs> bummer too because it, it happens to Eric. And Eric, Eric is the one who he's the one played by uh, Vic say, Hey, mm-hmm. he's the one who kind of figures out what he is earliest in the movie. He and he 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 uh, he's the one who's kind of um, going over all the footage and then reviewing things and then also doing research on how the full moon can affect people yep. with certain conditions. And he's the one who comes to the conclusion that he is a werewolf, and he understands him and he wants to help him and uh talon gets him on the ground and you th- kind of think he's gonna have mercy at first a little bit because he's yeah. really kind of calm well, they're trying to at plead, that point they're trying to plead with them and and you know appeal to his human side still and, and so this the the death is kind of shocking and sort of a bummer too because eric is he's not even really pleading he's just sort of like hey come on man you don't have to do this you don't and then his hands gradually get closer and closer to his face and you can hear you can hear eric start to get a little more frantic no come on talon come on man come on and then he just opens his jaw oh, like so rips good. his bottom jaw off and like you said that wouldn't kill you no he probably not, choked down his not, own blood not right away so yeah. you're just for a couple minutes you're just laying there without a bottom jaw it's just so brutal it's <laughs> awesome and it looks really awesome too yeah it looks good like they, they did not skimp in the uh effects department on this movie no there was the the part where so the, so done. the beginning of this movie the reason that they originally arrest talon is because there was a um an american father and son and mother like out camping and the father and son end up getting murdered by something. What they think is a they think it's a bear at first or yep. something like that, just some huge animal. Um and uh oh shit, where where was I going with this? I have the slightest idea, James. I started a thought and I can't remember what you're gonna talk about how like his whole femur was or not femur, his whole Oh, thigh oh was the uh, the uh, the effects. Like yeah. yeah, when they pull the dad out of the cooler or whatever and you see the uh the the effects on on that body they it looks so good yeah. man yeah it it really was awesome the uh it's not um it the it's not an effects heavy movie really there's only uh when you see Talon there's like the one his his quote unquote transformation which I'm pretty sure was was digital um yeah that was mostly digital but all the other stuff was very few and far between but what they did do was tasteful and extremely well done. There's a lot of blood splatter, but it all happened so fast because uh, one of the things he, he he likes to just smash people's heads into stuff. So, yeah. But you see him; it's a blur. You know, you see him through body cam footage or, or from security cam footage, and he's running around the room, killing like nine people all within the span of t- fifteen seconds. Mm-hmm. And he'll just pick somebody up, smash their head into the wall, blood sprays all over, and then he moves on to the next person. So it's yeah. it's all. Uh, that's kind of really all they needed, aside from the the few shots like Eric getting his jaw ripped off and stuff. That's other than that, I'm you know most of it was digital. I'm assuming most of it, yeah, but well done. Very, it very well done. Look, it was, doesn't look corny or anything. It's, it's how it should be. You can use the digital to mi- and mix it with 
you know, actual <laughs> prosthetics and whatnot, yeah. and actual uh, physical effects. And yeah, that's how it should be. Right. Um, speaking of bad looking effects, though, what I will say is that in the beginning of the movie, when you're watching the found footage of the family that gets initially killed, that oh. kind of sparks the whole thing. Yeah. They do this really, really annoying effect where it looks like the cameras like the footage is cutting in and out like a cutaway to static sort of thing but it's a really bad effect yeah and they use it throughout the whole movie whenever they're uh referencing that footage yeah and it's like of all the things to screw up that was the easiest thing to get right yeah like i give me give me that might be 15 minutes and i can come and i i can make a better looking static shot than that (laughs) that might be a nitpicky thing for like people like us who oh it is 100 because like I don't. I don't think if we if somebody else who doesn't pick apart movies the way that we do, yeah. if somebody else watched it, they wouldn't even notice. It's just it. something that I noticed. Yeah. That's all. It's just, I, you see it so much, so many other times in other movies done perfectly fine. Yeah. That when you see it done bad, it just kind of sticks out <laughs> like a sore thumb. Uh-huh. It's just like oh, <laughs> like where the static pattern was the same every single time. Every it would single cut away time. And stuff. Yeah. It's like, and that's it's. The modern age, it's digital. Yeah. It's not really the way that happens. <laughs> Going to, uh, you said uh, when they used it for the, re- like every time they would show it on the news or something later yeah. on in the movie, they would always use that same clip. Um, speaking of that, the way that they use news clips in this movie to further the story yeah, without cool. having to show, like they were able to skip 15, 20 minutes worth of the, the narrative at certain points. Uh, just by showing you quick clips of news stories and stuff like yep. that, which I thought was really cool because it wasn't necessarily stuff that you needed to see. You kind of form the story in your head and then just really skip to the to the good parts. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I thought it, it was really cool. They didn't they didn't spend a whole lot of time with a lot of backstories. Just they quickly filled you in and then you're caught up and you're good to go. Right. Um. Yeah, I love this movie. I I couldn't recommend it enough to people. Yeah. This is this is a bit of a diamond in the rough. Like this is a movie that you had always heard of. I had yeah. This one had been on my radar for a long time, and uh, I'm glad we finally got around to it. As we am I. we didn't even talk about the subplot of the second werewolf, but I'm I I'd say we could probably just we could leave probably it. just leave it the way it is and just let people it. watch this. We watched it's it. Story. On... It's story B. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very important toward the end of the movie, but. This one, this is, I heavily recommend this movie. Highly recommend and heavily. Yep. Um, we watched it on Vudu. What was it? Three bucks, four bucks to rent on three ninety nine. Vudu. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go watch this one, man. It was it was so good. I loved it. Yeah, it's it's really great. I I want to see more takes on stuff done like this. Yeah. Like this was this to me was the perfect type of retelling and exactly what these two episodes were supposed to be. Like yeah. take the old, make it new and and it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, love it. Um yeah, so I think that's uh that's pretty much it. I think that's it. All right. So we are gonna do some picks real quick oh, yes, for the rest do. of November. Correct. So we're gonna Mondo. we're gonna reach into our magical uh, diamond encrusted Bud Light box. I'll do the first. <laughs> so we got uh, we got four to pick. Okay, I got the first one right here. All right, so this is going to be for uh, next week, the eighth. Next week, the eighth. This is one of yours because it's too tightly packed. <laughs> uh, my my hallmark. Uh, it's so hard to unfold. Uh, what if it's one of mine actually? And I then, think. And then I just look like an. Don't you think you said that last time and it was one of oh, yours? Oh, it is one of mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a compare and contrast. Oh, okay. The original Suspiria 
Oh, cool. With the new Suspiria. I've been wanting to see the new one, so right. that's, uh, that's very good here. Uh, all right, here's our second pick. This is going to be for the 15th of the month. Okay. Okay, let's see what we you got here. You definitely could have picked one and been unfolding it by now. I absolutely could have been. You're <laughs> Just right. Just like I'm going to <laughs> right now. James, we've only been doing this for four years, and we're terrible at it. All right, come on. Um, okay, this one is... Nope, that doesn't work. Why? We're going to go with yours, because we already did one of these movies. Why? What is it? You had Witchy Women, Pie Wacket, and The Wretched. We already did The Wretched. You dumbass. Oh. <laughs> you know... Damn it. All right. Oh, okay. This is uh, another one of mine. Okay. Do you even have any in the box? I guess not. <laughs> this one is Deadly Games. Ooh. Uh, Rays and Would You Rather. I don't know anything about either of those. Oh, I'm, Would You I'm Rather, sure I know. I'm sure you've seen Would You yeah, Rather. Yeah, that one I do. Uh, and Rays is a, a movie about... Um, 50 women who wake up in a weird place and they have to like bare, basically bare knuckle box their way out. Jesus. Sounds that's a, that's, sounds, a, that's a game. Sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's a loose interpretation of a deadly game. <laughs> All right, sure. Um It's a blood sport, you know? It, it is a blood sport. And a sport is a game. Yeah, okay. Again, you could have picked one and been unfolding it. You know what, James? I don't want to hear this point. Okay, so, so this is going to be for the 22nd, then. So are we short one, then? No. Oh, no, we got we one got left one in there. Okay. And this one is one of mine. Okay. Okay, so this is The Hills Still Have Eyes. Oh, boy. So this is The Hills Have Eyes Part 2 and Part 3. Oh. So this is, uh yeah, because we've already done the first one. We did a right. compare and contrast for the first one. And so uh, this is going to finish up the series. The Hills Still Have Eyes. Yes, sir. And we're going to... Finish off the month with one of yours. This is Actor Spotlight Ooh. on Roddy Piper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> with They Live and Hell Comes to Fro- Hell Comes to Frog, Frog Town. Town? Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That's going to be a really fun one. All right. Cool. Cool. Well, well that's go. it. That's it for the rest of the month. That's November uh, 4th. So we'll see you next week. In the meantime, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and SoundCloud. At the Buzzed Kill Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. Clearly, you've already found us uh, here, so tell a couple of friends. If uh, the visual thing is more is more what you're in line with, uh, we do have a YouTube channel with a show called Trailer Trashed. There should have been an episode up before the uh, the holiday. Uh, unfortunately, we got flagged though, and uh, the Uh-oh. episode is under review right now. So we're gonna get some new ones made in the meantime. Um, and all that jazz. So apologies if you're a fan of the show and it hasn't been anything lately. But the, uh, the YouTube police got us. They did. They did. Bastards. Um, so yeah, we'll get back on the ball though uh, this upcoming week and uh, get some new episodes out for you. All right, but, cool, uh, yeah. cool. So, yep, that's it for this week. Michael. Giants. Good to see you for our hangover. Oh, yes. <laughs> Speaking of, I'm going to have one tomorrow probably. Yeah, bud. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see you next week. We will see you guys next week. And uh, stay fresh, cheese bags. <laughs>